And second of all, I had a really good thought. It's gone. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Bring it back. (laughs) Take it back now, (laughs) y'all. One hop this time. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Our The Hundred Podcast, brought to you by the Fictionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And for our fun fact this week, we decided since Xavier had a secret sister that like we didn't know about, we decided to tell you about our sisters. So my sister's name is Lindsay. She is a plus size model on Instagram. You can follow her at plus size Barbie official. And she's, um, she's my best friend, but I also want to kill her a lot of the time. She has a really cute dog named Lily, which actually tends to spare her life. Like I don't want to kill Lily's mom, you know? Yeah, we were raised by a single mom and she's like one of my favorite people in the entire world, but please do not tell her that. Thank you. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. Do I still? I don't even know. And, <laughs> and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My sister's name is Callie. At time of recording, she is 20, almost 21 years old. She's three and a half years younger than me. Um, she went to photography school, so she's out here trying to be a photographer. Hell yeah. And um, she really likes turtles. <laughs> Wait. I like turtles. I like turtles. She likes, That's like, Callie. marine. Like, she likes sea life. Yeah. And. Wait, oh my god, how old is Lindsay? Lindsay's 27. Continue. Uh, what else? She likes turtles. Yeah. She also likes taking pictures of animals. And she likes being in nature sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she's she's like Robin in that she likes to plan ahead of time a lot. She's really into Disney bounding because they're going to do that at my birthday. And uh, Lindsay is not going to do that. But she's kinda- follow us on Instagram for our Disney bounds. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. At Robin E. Jeffrey. Pretty much mm, everywhere. And Callie's is Callie Kazam. Callie Kazam. Yep. Or Callie Nicole Photography. Yeah. And Lindsay's is Plus Side Barbie Official. Beautiful. There. Oh my God. We've done all our promos. Today we have words to say about episode 611 of The 100, Ashes to Ashes. Dust to side chicks. Ashes to ashes. Dust to side chicks. Sorry, that was just um, a bit of wisdom from our Lord and Savior, Beyonce. Thank you. Cool. Tell me about Ashes to Ashes. Um, It's funny because Ash is a name we get. Wow. He's also a Pokemon trainer. Sure is. Yeah. Do you think that was Echo's, like, original destiny was to become a Pokemon trainer? Seems like she probably could have pulled it off. I feel like she could have. And then just a congratulations to Bob for his first episode, um, directed. That was nice. It was really cool. Yeah. I'm happy he did a good job. Him. He did do a good job. At first I was, like, specifically watching and I was like, can I tell that an actor directed this? But, but you couldn't really. And I'm no. so happy for him. That no, that's he got a good to, thing, yeah. He got to direct a, uh... A flashback, which is so exciting. And it, like an flashbacks. Echo episode, too, because yeah. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Good for you, Bob. I love it. He's the second actor, right? Because Ian was the first, but no one else did it, right? Mm. Actor from the show. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think I meant? Well, just because, like, you know, Maidchen right now is, like, going and, like, shadowing. Oh, no. Chaos. And, like, we had just talked about on the Lost podcast that um, an actress from Star Trek had directed an episode of Lost Yeah, we didn't like, know no, about. The Star Trek actors all direct their own episodes. And um, and Dove Epstein from Rookie Blue has yeah. been directing some episodes of Riverdale? 
Jillian Anderson actually wrote and directed one of the best episodes of the X-Files called All Things. And that was the episode where Mulder and Scully like officially got together. And that was Jillian's episode. So there you go. So Robin, toot or boot? I would like to give this episode a solid toot. I, I agree. I, um, we did not watch it live. I watched it the n- night after it had um, aired. And um, I had heard some weird things about it. But when I actually saw it, I was like, no, 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 not too bad at all. I quite enjoyed myself. I must say, did only like three things actually happen in the episode? Yes. But that doesn't mean that it was uh, unenjoyable. Yeah, my whole thing was like, I feel like the show's back on track for getting like the plot moving again. I am very optimistic about the next two episodes. Yeah, so am I. And I don't think it's clown shoe squeaking. I think like mm. that's probably an okay thing to say is, yeah, the next two episodes will probably be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I do feel like the plot's moving in, which is really nice because it kind of stalled out for a yeah. little bit there. In it's- our opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's my opinion. But I mean, if you look at it, I think the only thing that's happened since the big Clark episode was that Josie's dead. Yeah, which we weren't even, which wasn't even clear to us last episode. Well, it was clear, but it was sort of like, you know, I think with Josie, she's like, she's like a cockroach. You're like, is she really dead? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's kind of that and, you know, Octavia and the anomaly. But like, that's sort of in terms of that's great character stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the plot stuff. Because I think because the front half of the season, we were getting such a cool balance of character and plot. Mm -hmm. And then we stalled for kind of weird character journeys. And I was like, "Mm," but we had such good momentum for a while there. And I love the character journeys. Like, that Clark episode is one of the best episodes of the show I've ever done. I'm still on record as going, I think the Octavia was an about face that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. And I'm not going to touch the Kane and Abby stuff. But the rest of us just like, okay, mm-hmm. let's go. And now we're back on track. So yeah. I'm having a good time. Cool. So we had a few thoughts from listeners. Not a lot from Twitter this episode, but we did have some from SoundCloud and we got two emails. I love when we get emails. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi. So... Let me read you some stuff from SoundCloud. See, it's funny because the stuff from email was like, hi, I love you, and this is why I love you, and here are some nice things. And all the ones on SoundCloud were like, I have complaints. And we're like, you know what? Your complaints are valid, but also I would like to refute your complaints. (laughs) (laughs) No, with some of them it was totally like, uh, one of the ones that's coming up is a Murphy point out, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, we're stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so Anonymous on SoundCloud. This is the same Anonymous who sent us that comment from last time about how we always have different opinions. They did clarify that they did not mean it with any malicious intent, um, but they also added, I noticed it earlier too in that whenever an episode gets really high praise from other podcasts, you dislike or are indifferent on it or vice versa. Also in that you hate Octavia and love Cabby, which are both unpopular opinions among the fandom and the podcasts I listen to. Again, I'm not saying anything with malicious intent. I just find this whole other perspective I so rarely see interesting. I actually like really appreciate that like this is like a genuine like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you guys are different. And it's yeah. like, okay, I kind of love that we're different. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize, again, I don't, because I have really separated myself from a good chunk of the 100 fandom, I... I haven't noticed that so many people love Octavia. Yeah, I can't relate. Um, It's interesting. Well, it's not that I can't relate because I think Octavia has always been a very interesting character. Yeah, oh, for sure. I just, I was shocked to hear that. Um, I know that a lot of people don't like Cabby. That's kind of always been true. Um, So that's just sort of, I appreciate the nuance and the complexity that those characters had slash have and 
that's really all there is to it. With Octavia, I wasn't aware that she had a lot of stands, but mm-hmm. I mean, go Octavia stands. Like, yeah. it, my thing with Octavia is the kind of same thing with Raven, which is, damn, it's a shame that they've done this to her. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. where it's like. To be, I, whenever something happens with a character that makes them unlikable, I always think about how much it must suck for their fans. Because mm. I know, like, I can relate with the stuff that's Abby. I'm like, oh, it sucks to be an Abby fan. So it must suck to be a Raven fan, and it must suck to be an Octavia fan. So in that instance, yeah, I'm kind of glad that we're different, because then we get to create sort of a different experience. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun if all the podcasts did the same thing. Yeah. So I like that also. And one of the things that I am, like, on record saying at Unity Days is, like, every character is someone's favorite character. Yeah. Even if that someone is the actor's mom, you know? Yeah. Like... Every character is someone's favorite character. So, like, even though Cabby is apparently, which once again, even though I'm not even a Cabby stan, I run in the Cabby circles because that's where all my friends are because of, because <laughs> of you. Oops. <laughs> um, I'm not aware of all of the like. Oh, people hate them. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're the, probably the most hated characters outside of. No. Yeah, they're the most hated characters. Echo. Oh God, yeah. Sorry, that was Echo Erasure. Sorry, Echo. Also, that's Abby though. Like, I don't think people hate Kane the way they hate Abby. They're. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, anyway, um, every character is someone's favorite character, so even if there's a character that you super, super dislike, sorry, I'm not talking, like, specifically to the person, (laughs) I'm not talking to you specifically, just in general, um, if there's a character that you don't like, um, someone out in the world likes that character, Yeah, you know, so, yeah. So even when we're talking about, like, Octavia, like, not liking her character, I don't actually not like Octavia. I quite like Octavia. It's just that I don't, haven't been a big fan of what her journey's been. Yeah. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we would never say, like, screw Octavia we've or ta- screw Yeah, Raven. we've talked yeah. about this already. This is redundant yeah. at this point. But but we would never um, bash a character because we know that every character is someone's favorite character and the, they're always doing the best they can. You know? But if, if we do slip and do... Something like that. Feel free to call us yeah, out. Yeah, call us the hell out. I'm not interested in being that person. Yeah, I would like to grow so. as a person. Um, these ones are really interesting. So we got a few comments from Dark Newbie on SoundCloud. So here's the Murphy one you were talking about. Murphy tried to straight up murder Clark even after he knew she was alive. He only stopped when there was no way he was going to get immortality from Josie. See, I don't know if... I don't know if I... I missed that then. Yeah, I don't really remember him straight up trying to murder her so much as kind of going... Along with a plan that he was kind of, like, when they were going to sort of lobotomize Josie, or lobotomize Clark to completely wipe it. I do think he was in favor of that. I think there's a fair interpretation where you can say, yeah, he tried to straight up murder Clark. I do also think there were a lot of different factors at play, and I'm not going to say, like, that wasn't a garbage thing that Murphy did, because he did conspire with Riker and Josie and Amori to wipe Clark. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fair to say but at the same time, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, I always want to give Murphy the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, did he really? Yeah, and he did. See, maybe I'm misremembering, but for some reason, I thought that, like, Emory learned that Clark was actually alive from Bellamy, but she didn't tell Murphy. No one was telling Murphy, and so Murphy, like, found out Clark was still alive, like, with a knife to his throat. That's what I thought was no. happening. When did he learn that Clark was still alive? Remember, jo- he literally, they had a whole conversation Oh, Josie full on told him. Josie was, he was like, "Does can Clark hear me? Does she know everything that oh, I'm right. doing? And Josie was like, yeah. And Riker was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Murphy definitely. Yeah. As I was talking, I was realizing what they were talking about. And I'm like, oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Listen. My man's a survivor. You're correct. Honestly, like, 
I understand that Murphy, like, went, like, betrayed Clark. Like, yeah, totally. But also, that doesn't make me hate Murphy, and it doesn't hmm. make me not understand what, what Murphy, where Murphy's coming from. And that's what's really interesting about Murphy, is that, like, even though he does these terrible things, you can be like, well, he's afraid to die, he just saw hell, um, he's a survivor, he wants immortality, and then also, yeah. on the other side, look at the list of terrible things that Clark has done to Murphy. It, it doesn't justify any of Murphy's actions. Exactly. But it does help you understand him as a character. Yeah. And so it's it's just interesting to watch Murphy. But yeah, that is a good point. He did straight up try to murder her. We did forget that. That's on us. Thank you. Um, another one from Dark Newbie. Yeah, so they were saying that you saying that um, Maddie smiling when Abby slapped Murphy. Mm-hmm. So that's the context of this comment. Mm-hmm. That doesn't communicate anything at all like that. You were saying that it, it meant it was going to make the audience, it, let the audience know that Abby is now on the side of bad or something like that? Yeah, that's not what I meant. What? I, yeah. Well, let me, okay, so the rest of the comment and then, okay. Uh, all it means is Shade Hedda or whatever is evil and he likes when people start fighting amongst themselves. And if you really want to think deeply about it, Maddie smiles because the dark part of her being controlled is happy that Murphy, the man who tried to kill her mother, is being hurt for trying to do so. Again, I think two things can be true. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're completely correct, and I don't think I'm completely correct. Yeah. I think it can, can communicate multiple things, one of which is that Murphy getting slapped by Abby pleased Shade Hedda, and so in, like, from an audience perspective, it Shade Hedda, the evil character, likes that action, and so you're kind of like, okay, now I've associated those two things as, like, Shade Hedda approves of Abby slapping Murphy. Right. Is what is communicated. And so I was like, oh, that sucks. That's just even more reason for the audience to not like Abby. Right. Like, the points that you were making were, like, we're not, like, story-wise, Abby is evil now and on the no, side of No, it's audience Shade perception. Hedda. The audience, and not even, like, textually or consciously, but, like, now the audience looks at that and is just, like, Abby did something that Shade Hedda liked. Do we not like Abby? You know? And, and that's what your brain tells you. And I just want to say, I didn't pull that out of nowhere, that's stuff that I saw on Twitter of people going, oh, look at this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm not pulling that out of, like, a hat. I'm saying that's the reaction I saw on Twitter, and that sucks that that's even more ammo for people to hate Abby. But at this point, like, I understand why people hate Abby. Yeah, totally. Okay, so this one is also interesting, still from Dark Newbie on SoundCloud. And I'm really excited to talk about this concept. I'm interested in in what we all have to say about this. So, it sounds like you're saying that Cabby was the only reason to watch this show, and now that it's over, you would be happy if the show stopped. No, even more than that, you now want it to stop. Ships are never that important. So if I could quickly comment on the beginning of this, which is, sounds like you're saying that Cabby was the only reason to watch this show. That's definitely not what you were saying. You were saying no. that Cabby was the main reason for you to watch this show. Yes. Okay? So she's not saying that the only reason to watch this show is for Cabby, like, just like the anonymous commenter said, most people apparently don't even like Cabby. So yeah. so it's definitely like, like I said before, every character is someone's favorite character. Everyone has a different reason to watch a show. Like, I would direct you to all of the Klexas that peaced out as soon as And God, as they Lexa were valid. Yeah. And they're valid, 100%. If you, if you watch the show for Lexa, go ahead and leave when Lexa dies. Uh, like literally no shade to you at all so when half of the ship that you love with your whole heart dies and you don't want to watch it anymore also all the power to you i think personally yeah you basically said what i was gonna say which is i had my reasons for starting the show and 
just because I watch a show for this relationship as well as other elements doesn't make me any less valid as a viewer. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't think it's a stretch to say that people watch shows for characters. Yeah, of course. So I watched this show for the characters. Mm -hmm. And I tend to gravitate towards sci-fi shows because I love seeing humanity in sort of a science fiction lens. And I love seeing how relationships develop within a science fiction environment. So seeing all of this was really fun to me. And at the same time, I at no point said that I want the show to end because Cabby's over. The show has definitely lost interest for me because Cabby's over. But I even said before any of this that, especially when they announced the seventh season, we had talked about, okay, it's probably time for the show to end. We We're going to get to 100 episodes. We don't want this to be another Supernatural. Yeah. If you watch Supernatural, go off. But I think it we can all agree on and on. it was too much. Yeah. So... When they said, hey, we're going to do a seventh season and everyone figured out another, I think, 16 episodes yeah. would take the show to the 100, we were like, okay, this this is where you end it. It has to be it. You know? We weren't saying that we wanted to end or that we wished that upon anyone. For me. We are friends with people who work on this show. Yeah. We never wish for that to happen. We just feel like it's probably time. Yeah. And, like, is there an emotional part of me that's burned out and is like, okay, like, time to go? Hundo percent. I will never front and say that I am not too emotionally invested to be objective. Like, 100% in this specific situation, I am biased. I'm kind of a whiny little, like, brat about some parts of the Kane and Abby storyline. And here's the thing. That's okay. Yeah. I'm good. Like, clearly, as you can tell from, like, you know, as the pod goes on past Kane dying, I'm fine again. Mm -hmm. So... Because they're not talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing they'll probably talk about I have theories about next episode. Okay. I have some theories. But yeah, at the end of the day, I watched this show because um, I had a huge crush on Paige Turco because I'm a simple gay woman. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I kept watching because I loved Kane and Abby's relationship. I should have stopped watching a while ago, like technically, because that relationship's been through some brutal stuff. And I wish I'd been less emotionally invested earlier, but... It's okay if I watched it for a relationship. It's okay if you watch it for the plot. Either way, we're both watching the same TV show. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So thank you so much, Dark Newbie, for uh, reminding us about the Murphy thing and um, allowing us to have this conversation because I think it's important. Yeah. And I'm sorry if you don't enjoy my thoughts or why I watch the show. Com I completely understand. Yeah, 100%. So we got an email from Katie San Pedro. So I will read that for you now. Um, so Echo is going to become the new commander, right? I love this! <laughs> Which is interesting because I was, we were talking about how she was going to become like, like before we had seen the episode and we heard that she had become a nightblood, we thought, oh, they're going to put Josie in her. But Josie is completely empty. But apparently Josie's completely gone. And so then we were like, oh, well, like, yeah, then Simone, right? Like they say in the episode. So th well, this is why I think this, 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 um, this is so cool. This, this is, is so, so cool. Yeah. So Echo is going to become the new commander, right? This would solve a number of issues, including getting Maddie back to being just Maddie and breaking up Echo and Bellamy, effectively clearing the way for Billark, which is where the show seems to be going now, unfortunately, in her opinion. <laughs> which, you know what? All the power you're, to Again, you. you're valid. Totally. It's okay. To give credit where credit is due, my wife had this thought as soon as Echo was made a nightblood. I married up in the intelligence department. I'm still very much enjoying the podcasts, and I truly hope you keep them going through next year, though I understand if it won't happen. Maybe a guest commentator if Brittany does stop watching? Okay, first of all, thank you. Second of all, couple goals. 
<laughs> I hope that's me and Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I would die to be able to say, oh, my that was my wife's idea. I married up. <laughs> um, Sam actually will be living with us at that point. So Sam said that if Brittany doesn't, depending on what happens to Abby at the end of the season, she will do it with me if Brittany will not do it. I'll probably come back. Like, after <laughs> you're I'm gonna, done... You're I, gonna be there. I We're know, gonna be I in know. our living room doing it. You will not be able to not join us. After, I've, after I'm done having my temper tantrum, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll probably... You know, I'm a hoe. I'll come back. Either way, there will be season seven podcasts on this feed. 100%. And Emily may or may not join us. Literally, it kind of depends on her contract because she doesn't make a big secret out of it, but she does work on the show. Yeah, she's um, another, she'll she's, be another she's one she's of our part, roommates. She's not on, she doesn't work on the show, but she yeah. is a part of the scope the, of the, the show. The big scope of it. So I think contractually, she's not alone. Maybe um, if she so. has like a couple, she's just like, hey, by the way, because she'll, she'll like be in the other room or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. But yeah, that's um that's a possibility. But okay, so okay. Echo as commander. Echo as a commander. I love this idea. I'm obsessed. It's gonna be crazy. I kind of I originally did think this ties into my theory for next episode, but I did think that they were going to if Josie was completely white from the mind drive, turn Echo into Josie and turn uh Abby into Simone. But based on the trailer for next episode, which yeah. I actually have not seen yet. Yeah, but that was, of course, before we watched the episode. Now yes. it's definitely that. I. It's kind of weird that Russell picked Echo for Simone. Dude, like, I literally dude, put a note that I was just like, are you into Echo, Russell? Yeah, I was like, um, gross. I know. Thanks a lot. He's like, I know you're a traitor, but like, you'll do. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's disgusting. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not in that yeah. Echo is disgusting, but in that Echo deserves better. And do you think that Echo would be, like, stronger than Maddie in the way of being, like, Shade Hedda, shut yes. the heck up? Yes. You know? I think Echo would cut Shade Hedda's throat. <laughs> I think Shade Hedda would show up in Echo's mind and Echo would be like, hi, you suck and you look like a bad Star Wars knockoff. Mm. And also, you haven't brushed your hair in a couple hundred years and it shows. <laughs> She's like, have you seen my hair? It's curly and nice. Yeah, my hair is voluminous and beautiful. You? No. Yeah. Anyway. I hope. Just, like, I, hope I just it. hope that like the gods smile down upon Echo and good things happen. To I her. think that would be so cool because Echo mm -hmm. would be such a good commander. She's really shown that she's a great leader. Mm -hmm. Oh, another thing is that like I we got this email um before I had seen the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and luckily it didn't like I promise it didn't um spoil anything for me because no. I already knew. No, that I already she told her about an yeah. blood. But um, uh, then when I watched it. I saw that moment in which Gaia, like, saw she was a Nightblood yep. and kind of just, like, looked at her and I was like, that's it. Yep. I mean, the, Katie must be right. I mean, Katie's wife must be right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I like it and I am excited. Yep. To, no. <laughs> Two more episodes. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, an email from our friend Rhonda, who has emailed us before. Rhonda, Hi, Rhonda. Agnew. I love your podcast. I only watch a handful of shows that aren't on the Food Network. <laughs> oh my god, same. <laughs> what are your favorite Food Network shows? Please tweet me and tell me. Yeah. Some of the nastiest remarks to and about characters slash actors come from so-called fans of the hundred. Maybe because I'm older and do not have the patience for drama, or maybe because while I love the fictional realm and characters of the hundred, I also understand it is a television show Rhonda, and not you. real life. Yeah. The characters are played by actual actors who have actual lives outside of their roles. A lot of people really need to understand that concept. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox and onto other topics. I am sad at the ending Cabby received. I was just getting used to the idea of Cabby because I'm a huge fan of Bellamy and Clark, though I am okay if Bellark doesn't become a thing. I was really rooting for Cabby, but alas, it can't happen. Same. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The person who's driving me nuts this season is Raven. 
She is so busy passing judgment on everybody for their bad decisions that she forgets her own. In season one, nobody would have known how to blow the dropship up to kill the grounders without her. The bombs she built blew up the bridge, resulting in the little girl's death because she was too close to the bomb. In Mount Weather, she would have bled to death had Clark and Bellamy not pulled the lever that decimated the people living in the mountain. I want to like Raven. I want to cosplay Raven. I look more like her and I already have the limp with my bad knee. But I can't stand her better than you attitude about everybody else's bad choices while conveniently forgetting hers. Bottom line, Raven may not have spilt blood with her hands, but she has spilt a lot of blood with her big brain. It may have been Clark or Bellamy or someone else to carry out the actual steps, but Raven creates the technology that allows them to do so. I love this because it's completely correct. Mm -hmm. And again, it once again sort of points out how inconsistent Raven's characterization has been. Raven this season has not been her own character. She's been a plot device in order to serve other characters' Mm -hmm. agendas. Yeah. And that sucks because that basically means she has to be on her high horse the whole season in order to pass judgment on Riker and Abby, basically. That's all Raven's done this season. And to be clear, once again, we are not bashing Raven. We are saying, aw. I love Raven. We're just saying, aw. Too bad about Raven this season, huh? It makes me sad because I love Raven so much. Like, whenever anyone asks my top five characters, Raven's always in my top five. She's incredible. Raven has been my number three. Yeah. And now I'm like... Do I bump her down or like what? What did? What, what should can, I wait? I don't know. I think she can still be your favorite, and you just kind of have to go. Okay, the past two seasons have not been great for yeah. her because even in season four, her role was basically be the love interest. Yeah. Her, or sorry, her season five, mm-hmm. and I think for Raven and Abby, they both kind of suffer from the same problem, which is we need to make them serve a plot. And yet, Raven goes and is mean to Abby the whole time. Which, yeah, none of it really makes sense. But yeah, I hear you. And I still love Raven, but I really hope that something changes soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I will end here, but I just want to tell you how much I appreciate and look forward to your podcasts. Thank Feel you. free to read as much as or a little as you want on your next podcast. So I did. We did it all. Thanks, Rhonda. Thank you, Rhonda. Thanks, Rhonda. We always love hearing from you. And if you guys want um, your thoughts read out on the next episode of the podcast, um, you can, if you are on Twitter, you can use hashtag the 100 AF so we know that you want it to be on the pod. Sorry, my mom just sent me a Guy Fieri meme and it's really important that I look at it. Honestly, respect. Thank you. Okay. Are you ready to dive into the episode? Yes. Okay, so we've got two different plots. It was kind of hard to differentiate, so you guys are just going to have to roll with us. Mm-hmm. We've got Sanctum and we've got sort of Gabriel in the tent area. So where do you want to start? I think we decided to start with the Gabriel stuff. Okay, so... It feels like that stuff is kind of a little bit more stagnant. Like, even when... Yeah, it doesn't um, move as much. Yeah, even when the, like, guards show up, like, they don't really do anything. So, yeah, I'd like to talk about that one first, I think. I think there's a lot of really good backstory in this one, too. Oh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. So, here we go. Mm -hmm. Clark and Bellamy have a heart-to-heart. Bellamy feels bad for not protecting her and the people they love. Clark wants to pretend to be Josie that, so that Bellamy's original bargain holds. Gabriel says that they could put the blank mind drive back in Clark, which Bellamy isn't into. So there's a lot in this scene that I think is really interesting. First and foremost, Bellamy once again holds himself responsible for the everyone else's problems. Right. More importantly, can we talk about where he got the cardigan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Gabriel's or what? Yeah, Bellamy seems to be rocking um a really cute cardigan that I kind of want to borrow. Bob was like, I'm the director. I get to choose that Bellamy's comfortable this episode. He want, He's comfy. He was cold. And now he's warm and cozy. He literally looks like a dad on Christmas morning. He fully looks like a dad on Christmas morning. Thank you so much for that. It's true. Cool. Yeah, it's true. I love that. 
So Josie is actually dead and gone. Josie is hundo percent gone. But again, it's Josie. So I'm like, is she? Yeah, I don't know. I really didn't think. I mean, so this reminds me of the end of season five when Clark was like, let me stomp on McCreary's head. And we were like, so did he die or because what not because happened? we're stupid but because one we didn't see the body and two mm-hmm. because people magically survive worse things yeah it was kind of show. unclear for that like well, i'm still kind of waiting for mccreary to be like good morning you know <laughs> <laughs> just come out of a cryopod like hey um sorry like what hey <laughs> so that's why it's like when they were like josie's dead like i guess when she like showed up in clark's mind again last episode and clark literally was just like hiya and she was like spew i was like i mean yeah, i just i ex- digitally she i guess i just expected more i guess i just expected more i didn't but i i kind of was like okay so digitally she disappears and it's actually like that really beautiful shot right mm. it's sort of ugh, i hate that the one thing that i'm comparing it to is voldemort because I hated that scene. Yeah. That wasn't how Voldemort was supposed to die. No. It was supposed to be that he wasn't a supernatural being and That's he did just die like a normal point. person. The whole point, you guys. Okay, so if you don't know what we're talking about, this is deeply important to me as well. Like, this Thank is like you. visceral. This was, th- I was in the theater angry when this yeah. happened. Yeah. So in Deathly Hallows Part 2, when Voldemort dies in the movie, he fully, he like turns into ash. He like basically explodes a little bit and like, ashes away. yeah like f- float away right and and there and he's just gone yeah but in the book the whole point is that they defeated all of the horcruxes and now he's just a mortal man he's just a person he's just an old guy standing in front of them and when harry finally gets him not even by doing avada kedavra but by doing expelliarmus yeah and as Avada Kedavra shoots back on him or whatever, the whole point is that he's a mortal man and, and you can look dead. at his body and you can say, that man is dead. Yep. And he is dead and gone. Like yep. the whole point when he had gone like that one time after he killed Lily and James and everyone was like, he can't be dead because there was no body, no body, no death. And then he wasn't, yep. you know, the whole point was that we saw a body. He was there. He was dead. And there was no disputing that. And honestly, I stand by the fact that I don't think Steve, I think Steve Clovis sacrificed a lot of the things that made Harry Potter grounded in reality in order to make them more visually interesting for a film. Right. And the thing about like this scene with Josie is that this is where that works perfectly Mm -hmm. where you can make it visually interesting and it communicates something that you need it to communicate. Yeah. So like when Josie disappeared, I was like, Oh yeah, she's dead. But then a little thing in the back of my brain was like, but is she? Yeah, I really thought she was just going to be back on the chip again and there was going to be, like, two pieces of her. Like, that was a serious gamble that Josie made just to hold on to Clark's body when she could just be back in her chip. Like, that's why it was, like, really unclear to me. Josie's ego is incredible to me. Yeah, it was was just unclear to me. But I just want to make sure that I got this detail right. Do they want to put a drive in Clark's head just to be able to show that there's a drive in there? That's a thing that I wondered, because, like, one of my notes here was, what would happen if we put in an empty chip? Will Clark be uploaded? That would be kind of cool. And then it's like, (laughs) Murphy's like, hey, (laughs) that was what I wanted. (laughs) Murphy's like, wait a minute, why is it always Clark who's the special one? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I guess. I was hoping for Clark pretend- to pretend to be Josie. Like, I, yeah. I I said that in previous podcasts, and so I'm really happy about it. So, so far we've had Eliza being Clark, Eliza being Josie who's pretending to be Clark, and we have Eliza who is Clark pretending to be Josie. Yeah. Which just gives me so many fantastic Orphan Black yeah. feels. It's Orphan Black all over the place. Thoughts. Um... One of my favorite episodes of Orphan Black ever is when Cosima has to pretend to be Allison. Or, like, when oh. Allison has to pretend to be anybody. And it's As a always, lesbian, 
supporter as an as a lesbian <laughs> supporter i so like that's what tatiana like that's what her life was was yeah. just like sarah pretending to be rachel allison pretending to be sarah yeah allison pretending to be rachel kasima pretending to be allison so, uh, allison pre- i already said that we one. stand a, <laughs> we stand a canadian queen and then just um crystal yeah uh helena pretending to be sarah helena's even pretending to be sarah helena pretending to be allison i think you got them all I don't, I probably haven't because there's so many clones and so many different, yeah, it was yeah. a whole, yeah. But anyway, it ge- it gives me Orphan Black memories and I love it. So I have kind of like a character question. Okay. Which is, do you think that Bellamy has sort of transferred his protectiveness over Octavia to Clark and the space crew? Um, I definitely think space crew for sure. I think now that Clark is, like, around and he finally has her back, then, like, sure. Yeah. But I think that in instead, like, when it was just Octavia, Bellamy was so hyper-focused on Octavia. And now that there are, like, well... Now that he has a family so were, to take care Yeah, of. so there yeah. were seven in Space Crew, minus Bellamy, minus Monty and Harper. So now that's all... It's all over five people, mm-hmm. right? Murphy, Amori, Raven... Clark Echo. and Echo. <laughs> yeah. So so when it was one person, it was so hyper-focused. And now that it's five people, it's a little less intense. Mm-hmm. But, like... I do think his drive, like, to protect Clark comes from an inner need within Bellamy to keep everyone safe. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Which is really, like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Next scene? Yeah. Gabriel doesn't want to kill the people of Sanctum, but Bellamy kind of totally does. Also, they can't get past the radiation shield without codes. Gabriel was sentenced to die for destroying Nightblood embryos. This scene is packed, just by so the way. So much. Bellamy isn't feeling Octavia's sudden personality change. Gabriel reveals that Octavia went to the anomaly thanks to his super secret toxin drug. The children of Gabriel roll up and Gabriel is forced to reveal he's not Xavier. Xavier's sister, Layla, freaks out on him. They hold all of them hostage. Layla wants to kill Gabriel for betraying them. Bellamy buys them time by saying Gabriel is going to walk a red sun bomb into the sanctum and set it off, allowing Raven to drop the shield and the cogs to finally kill the primes. So I kind of just combined those two scenes just because they really all naturally flow together. Mm -hmm. But we can break them down. Yeah. Um, So this is like a huge thing. First of all, Bellamy is all of a sudden okay with collateral damage. What's going on here? Yeah. He, he was the one saying that we can't do that because it's not what Clark would want. Wasn't he the one who convinced Maddie to take all of the prisoners in, at the yeah. end of season five? He was the one telling Maddie, even this season, we can't kill the innocent people of Sanctum. And now he's like, yeah, we can kill them. And I'm like, huh? What's going on here? Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, do you think this is over Clark? But Clark's back. Yeah. So, and Octavia's kind of on the road to recovery. So... I mean, is it, it's probably the rest of Space Crew. Yeah, it's probably that they're all being held hostage. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they were all kind of still being held hostage last time, too. Yeah. I don't know. It's in, I kind of wonder if they kind of had him take this point of view because they needed a debate to happen. Right. And so Bellamy kind of slipped into, okay, I am pro-killing everyone. While I wear this cardigan. It, while I wear this cardigan, so you will take me seriously. Mm-hmm. I am the man of this house. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It it does seem kind of inconsistent to me. And so if anyone who's listening can think of where the flip of the switch was there, I would love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I don't recall. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote down a lot of this stuff too. Became a demon because destroyed embryos. 
Riker saved from burning. So Riker was like, listen, you shouldn't have destroyed those embryos, but I don't want to watch you burn. Yeah. So he was like, I guess I'll save you. Simone weaponized red sun toxin. He said it was a part of Simone's adjustment protocol. Yeah. Which is the name of next episode. Oh boy. So will Simone be alive then? I think so. I think... Because if it's her adjustment protocol? I am worried because it looks like in the trailer that they're going to wipe Abby Mm. and put Simone in her body. So who knows? (laughs) I want to die. But um, yeah, I mean, the thing that I was intrigued by is why bring a bunch of Nightblood embryos? Yeah. Like, why bring them in the first place? What do you mean? Oh, because they wouldn't have hosts. Uh, Because of the two sons? No. Exactly. Like, why? Well, they all had, all the primes had Nightblood. So mm-hmm. maybe they thought because of the two sons that everybody would need to be Nightblood, but then it turned out that they wouldn't. There was a reason that everybody on Allegis 3 had Nightblood and everybody on Allegis 4 didn't. No, I understand that part. But I just what don't I don't what understand was. is why send a bunch of Nightblood embryos on Allegis 3 in the first place? Because um, the Primes can't all, like, they need new people because... I don't, I don't... Because the, the, um... The the family trees will get too muddled and you'll have inbreeding. So they were basically, they brought embryos to create new genetic variations within, like, the group. Which I think means so, that those yes. embryos were always meant to be carried by anyone with a uterus. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's, I mean, I think that that's for sure the reason why the embryos came. Because it's like, there's not a lot of people there. I mean, I just, I want to know more about this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know more about what Becca's plan was in the first place yeah. for the Allegiance mission. Especially at the beginning there, like, you a descendant of Riker and Priya? Me too. Kate, well, can't. Are you a descendant of Riker and Priya? Yep. Oh boy. You know, at the beginning yeah. there, like, it's going to be real, like, hard to find somebody who you can mate with. Exactly. Or like, or, like conceive with that's not, like part of your immediate family. Exactly. For, like, the first few generations there. So I definitely think that's why it happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We got some names of some more cogs, so I just kind of wrote those down because I like to write down the names, even though if they're not relevant, because then I will remember them if they come up later. Okay. So we have Layla, who ends up being important, and then the other guy whose name is Nelson. Sup, Nelson? Um, Xavier was Layla's brother. Okay, so they say, where's the old man? He says... He's dead, and so is Xavier. So he doesn't go by the old man anymore, and that's why he says that the old man is dead? Yeah, I'm guessing so. Okay. And plus, like, the body that was old is dead. Right. Is Gabriel at all messed up by the fact that his one true love is dead, or... Um, I mean... At Abby. Yeah, I was gonna say, um... This is like Jasper all over again, where someone died and everyone was just like, okay, gotta get on with the plot now. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I mean, okay. Yeah. I guess, I guess he's repressing that grief in order to push forward, you sure. know? Sure. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so this super secret toxin drug. Yeah. Simone was also developing and they actually tested it on people. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Probably Nels. Yeah. So... We were never really sure just how far Simone had gone. Like, we didn't know if Josie was the most extreme example mm-hmm. of, like... But we're getting a lot of Simone content. Yeah. After Simone has died. Yeah, which Hello? Um, Yeah, that kind of sucks. But also, we did get a good indication that, like, Simone could be pretty ruthless. Yeah. And so, that, she, and that uh, she could be coming back pretty quickly. So, basically, they 
developed this drug in order to weed out non-believers, I'm guessing. Like, you know, this is later on, but mm. I wonder how long it took them to figure that out. You know, how many people had to die in order for them to figure that out? Yeah. Um, I just want to shout out the actress who plays Layla. Mm. She did a great job in this she episode. She was great. She yeah. fit into this universe so organically. I was like, oh, hell yes, you're incredible. I want more of you. Yeah. So I'm really glad that Clark spared her life in the, of course, but. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so they want Raven to drop the shield and the cogs to finally kill the primes. I feel like they didn't think through this plan because if they've set off the toxin, Raven will also be affected by the toxin. Yeah. So how is she going to drop the shield? Right. So they're going to do the thing where they, where it only affects the bug. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm glad y'all came up with a new plan because that first one kind of sucked. It was going to be bad. (laughs) It was not. You needed to workshop that more. Everyone was going to be in big trouble except for Murphy for some reason. I mean, I guess it was like, they were going to be like, Raven was in quarantine. But I was like, but then how do you get into quarantine if your children of Gabriel. We don't even we we don't even know where Raven was this episode, so. Raven and Abby were taking naps, obviously. obviously. Come on, man. Okay, you ready for the next scene? Yes. Gabriel reveals Russell wanted a bomb at some point. Layla wants to know why the primes haven't used the bomb on the cogs. Apparently, Josie and Simone used to leave people exposed to the toxin to see what visions they'd have. The true prime believers would attack those who didn't believe as strongly. Clark says the bomb will cause a massacre, but what if they only use enough toxin to make everyone think the bomb is coming? Then they can take down the shield first if Clark goes with Cabriel. So I love- Cab- I said Cabriel, and I'm gonna stand by it. Okay. I thought maybe you were making, like, a fun thing, New ship name! No, she just messed up. Okay. So I love that we got an explanation for the dead bugs. Yeah! I feel so good about that. I was like, that was one of the outstanding mysteries, and they were like, hey- we got you. And I was like, thank you, Charmaine. You are my favorite writer. What? What's wrong? I still don't know the name of Miranda's husband. <laughs> Just give me his name. I don't care if it's George. I don't care if it's Steve. I don't care if it's Joe. I hope it's Keith. Okay. Okay. I just think that would be an interesting prime name. I don't care what it is. Just tell me what it is. Okay. Thanks. I hope that you one day find out. Thanks. I mean, I don't think you will, but maybe if you tweet the writers enough, they'll tell you. Tell me. What if, like, the final prime was, like, Cadigan? <laughs> okay. Just, like, a mind drive copy of Cadigan. Oh. I was like, okay, they look very different, no, though. No, I want it to be, like, a big reveal of something. Uh-huh. So I'm like, either they've forgotten that they didn't tell us about that last prime, which I think is more than likely, or- No, I think they're doing it on purpose. Or it's a big thing, and they're yeah. gonna tell us at the end. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So we talked about a little this all like in the back, but Clark wants to go through and basically she pitches the idea that, yeah, I'm going to be Josie. Mm -hmm. Gabriel seems okay with this plan. Yeah. He's a little, but I think he understands more than Bellamy does the logic of it. She's more prepared than Josie was to be her because Josie knew hardly anything. But Mm -hmm. Clark has gone through, has had a lot of time to go through literally, she's met Josie, which Josie hadn't hadn't met Clark at the time she's met Josie she's gone through a bunch of her memories she knows her mannerisms she's met like actual prime Josie like yeah Clark is pretty like I I, she's prepared yeah she's prepared and she does a good job I'm I'm really excited for this whole plot line I'm just like yes Eliza's so good see I think I misunderstood because in my head I was like so they see them as gods because of the red sun, but that's not right, right? No, I think it's that when you take the toxin, it elevates their status. Okay. So it's either you believe that they are gods, or you're like, oh, wait, this is bull. Uh-huh. And if you think it's bull, 
then Bye. you'll get attacked for it. Uh-huh. Which is, I mean, obviously supposed to be kind of like a commentary on our current political climate and even internet culture, which is you either think one way or you think another. So those are seagulls. Yeah, those are just our friends, the seagulls, and they're here to say, hey. Hey. Hope you're having, having a nice a, podcast. They literally are having a whole party and they did invite us. Hope you're having a good commute or whenever you listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay. So why hadn't they used the bomb on the cogs? They said it was because they didn't want a bunch of murderous people. And if they're locked outside the shield, they would just all tear themselves up. Good question. Because I thought it was like, maybe they just haven't like gotten to enough primes. Like maybe they're waiting for like them to like really capture a prime. And it's like, okay, they've done it and they're still not using the bomb. So maybe the cogs serve some kind of agenda that Mm. someone has. Right. Sorry if you hear clinking, it's me drinking out of a straw. Um, It's a metal straw. She's so good for the environment. Yeah. I wonder, like, my thought was, like, maybe Josie was stopping them because she thought Gabriel was still out there. That's probably... But that's, like... I think in terms of plot... There's a lot of variables there. Yeah, I think they were like, hey... We need to point out that they didn't do this so that no one else points out that they didn't do this. Right. <laughs> they were like, okay, well, we'll do it in the show. Yeah. And then we're not going to talk about it again. That happens at the beginning of Lost. It's like the seventh episode of Lost of all time. And they're like, <laughs> Kate's like, Saeed, how the heck did we not get hurt that much? And Saeed's like, weird. <laughs> and then they never bring it up yeah. again. Like, in the commentary for the, for the pilot, like, Damon Lindelof, who is one of the main showrunners and co-creators of the show, was like, it's really unrealistic unreal- how ugly everyone is on this island. He's <laughs> like, everyone is very ugly. No one is good looking. Weird. <laughs> it's like the same thing on this show, too. You're like, why are you all so beautiful? Yeah. Okay, next. Are you ready? Bellamy and... Oh, I think this is the best scene of the episode, just for the record. Bellamy and Octavia collect mushrooms. Octavia says Dioza is dead, but Octavia isn't because she was supposed to come back and make up for everything she did to Bellamy. He wants to know what's changed. She says everything, but he's not open to talking about it. Octavia says without Bellamy, she got lost in the dark. She knows she has to earn his forgiveness and trust. She's his sister, but she's not his responsibility. Yeah. First of all, love the setting of this. I, too, want to have a whole discussion in a blacklight bowling alley. Mm -hmm. Second of all, I was so with Octavia until she was like, you were my rock, and when you weren't with me, it went to a dark place. And I'm like... (laughs) woman must be responsible for own actions and not blame brother. Hmm. But I can see where she was trying to go here. Yeah. I also really appreciated this. I'm like, do I like Octavia again? They seem to really be trying to get us to, and I'm like, okay, I'll go with it. You know? Yeah, they're trying to get me to. I'm still on the fence about this, but I'm willing to see where they're trying to take me. Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. I'm willing to go along for the ride. Yeah. I I think that this scene definitely was needed. I really liked the ending because we have said, and I think the fandom has all said, like, this show has a lot of really great quotes mm-hmm. and, like, really iconic quotes. But especially My Sister, My Responsibility had started being used too often. And it started to not mean anything. And so it didn't mean as much. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think in season five, like, the one I'm thinking of the most is, like, when they were, he like, was- in the gorge or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. The valley, yeah. Yeah, and then he had said it, and we were like, okay, because he had already said it, like, three times that season or something. Yeah. But we haven't heard it at all this whole season because he's mad at Octavia, so when we hear it, and it's it's a little bit different, it's like, 
Oh. Yeah, it's, that's a mic drop moment. Oh, burn. It's a big mic drop moment. Yeah, I definitely, I really liked that line. It was really good. Because I think, like, emotionally, Bellamy is probably in one of the best places he's ever been. And mm-hmm. we've been saying this for two seasons now because he has developed so much and understands that he cannot carry the burden of Octavia. And him continuing to choose himself mm-hmm. over sacrificing his own mental health for Octavia is fantastic. Yeah. And I like that he was not willing to give her an inch. He was not going to sit here and forgive her for everything just because she said the right things. You know? it was To him, it was lip service. Just like Raven, it's show me, don't tell me. Yeah. You know? The only thing that I would probably change out of this scene was just, like, a lot of what Octavia was saying was just her regurgitating what Pike told her. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, well, but everything else but I she, really like. she kind of has to vocalize those yeah. things, right? Because no one else has No heard one it. else heard it. Yeah, that's for sure. My thing about this scene that, again, like, I want to say I really like the scene. I think mm-hmm. it's fantastic. The only thing where I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks is that, again, because we kind of had that quick turnaround in that Octavia moment, Instead of it being a long journey back to her understanding who she is, we had that quick scene with, like, in that episode, and Octavia's whole personality has shifted back to who she is. And I feel like, as a viewer, I have whiplash. Mm. Where she's, like, saying all of these things where I'm like, yeah, I completely agree. We should spare innocent lives. You should apologize to your brother. And I'm like, where was this energy a season ago? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. But again, I'm willing to go with it. Yeah. Why not? Sure. So... Does this mean that everyone else who went into the anomaly, like, wasn't needed on the outside world? Yeah, excuse me. Diosa is not dead. If that's oh, how, no. If that's how Diosa dies, I'm gonna lose my mind. Oh, fully. If we get to the end of the season and Diosa isn't alive, I'm gonna be like, what? Or we don't see her. Like, I feel like the end, this season is truly building towards going into the anomaly. And if yeah. we don't see Diosa inside that anomaly, I will riot. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I miss her already. Mm-hmm. She was like... I never realized how much she added to the show until she was gone. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, she brought so much. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want her back. Yeah. What is the antitoxin? So I guess it must be, you know, sort of like a, a kind of like the flu vaccine, I guess. You know, I you guess. get it and you don't go nuts. But it's temporary, apparently? But I mean, we we did talk earlier in the season how has no one synthesized an, a, an antitoxin. Right. So Oh, cl- so Gabriel has? So Gabriel did. Clearly. And he just didn't share it. Yeah, he was like, well, I don't know. It was oh, kind yeah. of more fun to make the drug. I forgot about that. That's funny. Okay. I, and, like, I just want to say aesthetically, I don't know how they shot this scene. I don't know if, like, all of the glowing effects were, like, yes, later. Bob. But it was so cool. <laughs> I loved it. Mm-hmm. And Very I also, good for gifts. I love the character choice yeah. of Bellamy to not look at Octavia the entire oh, time. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful because... If he looks at her, he's gonna forgive her. If I could bring up something that I had said in the uh, in our latest Stranger Things podcast, mm-hmm. um, no spoilers, you guys, if you haven't seen season three of Stranger Things yet, but we um, recorded our live thoughts after every single episode while we binged season three in one day, and um, we That's went so slowly <laughs> crazy. Oh, like, and got red out, toxin crazy. And spent, like, a full five minutes in the seventh episode, just um, getting mad at each other at 1230 in the morning. Anyway, so one of the things that I had mentioned, and once again, no spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, but there's uh, the character of Steve, which we all know and love, um, and this new character named Robin. And there are, yeah, that's me. There are two instances in which they have like a heart to heart and neither of which are they ever looking at each other. 
There's one in which they're fully just like their backs are against each other and the other where they are in yeah. two different um, cubicles. Yeah. Sort of thing. Cubicles. Yeah. And I think that that is so much more interesting than getting to shoot a scene where somebody is looking at each other having yeah. a heart to heart. Because when you're alone with alone with your thoughts, but also alone with your own face, like that sounds weird. But no, like, it makes sense. But like when someone's talking to you, like it's it's like you're on the phone. It's like you're on the phone, and if someone says something stupid, you get to go ugh and roll your eyes. Yeah, you get to react silently, yeah. right? And so if you're not looking at the person and they say something, you get to like feel, especially on your face, so fully without having to. Um, hide it yeah. in any way. And I think that that is so much more interesting than having a face-to-face conversation. And it totally tracks because Bellamy doesn't want to look at Octavia because he's angry with her. So it's... it was It's a, so good. It, yeah, it, it's all good. I always love when people have conversations when they're not looking at each other. You get to see, like... You get to see what they're actually feeling all over their faces. Exactly, right? They're not trying to hide anything, so nothing is muddled. Nothing mm-hmm. is... um like, behind a veil, like, you just get to see it. And even though this conversation was mostly just really, like, heartbreaking and sad, Mm -hmm. like, so, for example, with, like, the conversations between Steve and Robin, like, when they talk, you get to see, like, the tiny smiles that they make and everything. They probably wouldn't do if they were looking at each other, you know? You get to see how they feel very clearly, and that's, like... That's the stuff. I think you could see the pain in Octavia Seath, especially. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Next scene, Gabriel is going with Clark's plan. If they disperse the toxin in water, it'll take the insects out, but not the people. No innocent people will die. And also frick insects. (laughs) Clark is going to go to Sanctum as Josephine and take the shield down from the inside. Bellamy hates that idea. Clark says Monty would do it. Octavia agrees. Sanctum bikes arrive at the camp and the cogs prepare for war. Murphy and Jade sneak into Gabriel's tent and Clark pretends to be Josie. Murphy is a little suspicious. Clark spares Layla's life and runs. They're doing this for Monty. Mm-hmm. Yo, that last thing where, like, she goes to Bellamy and says, for Monty, and he says, for Monty, and I was like, for me, right? I I feel like the phrase, what would Monty do, is just the whole season. Yeah, they're really living up to his legacy, hey? I know. I What's gotta, a Harper? I gotta say, I know, Harper? Who is she? Never Hello? heard of her. I love Monty, but, like, Harper? She, like, Monty's been mentioned, like, 13 billion times this season, and I think I've heard Harper's name, like, twice. I don't even know if, when did we hear Harper's name? Maybe, oh, Jordan said it. I miss Monty and Harper too. Yeah, Jordan said it and then Echo said it. Yep. Like, I don't think, like, Monty and Clark's mind even said anything about Harper. Did he? I don't think so. Hello? But again, that was mostly just Clark manifesting Monty, you know? But, like, Clark, remember Harper? Yeah. Hmm. I, sad. I like when they talk about Monty, but it, it kind of seems like, you know, just like my sister, my responsibility, it's like Monty, 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 Monty. I feel like I have to stop this. What? What do you mean? I thought you were just gonna keep saying the word Monty until no, I you ran out of breath. I was mostly done. Oh, um, I just feel like it's starting to get like, and once again, I love Monty, obviously, but now it's starting to be like, okay, I love it. So it's for Monty. Yeah, I love it. Sure. It I just, just feel like it's a lot. I, I just, just want it to be for Monty and Harper. Oh, I want it to be har- for Monty and Harper too. Yeah. I don't I don't really know how to explain it. It just kind of feels like they're like, we need a reason to do something good. Monty? Fair enough. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I I once again I appreciated it, but after it got like past nevermind when it was like, 
I thought that was going to be like, okay, so we're done talking about Monty now, and now we're going to move forward. Yeah, but I would never want them to be done talking about Oh, me neither. I'm just saying that they did it, they're doing it a lot. You mean like you kind of want them to just be the good guys? Be the good guys without being like, because Monty wanted us to. You should be the good guys because you're good guys and because you want to be good guys. Yes. You know? Okay. Once again, I love Monty. I feel like that's implied, but I do take your point. So Murphy's kind of on to Clark, right? Yeah, it made me so sad. And, like, I understand why she didn't do it like what we talked about in the Thoughts from Listeners. I understand why she didn't trust Murphy with the fact that she was Clark, even though she had the opportunity to do so. Oh, yeah. All you got to do is be like, I'm a jerk. I'm Josie. Wink. You know, that's all you have to do. But I understand why she doesn't trust Murphy. Oh, fully. With that. I mean, she did kind of not exactly see, but I think she's aware that Murphy was kind of gonna wipe her. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like, why are you here? Why are you with the guards? Oh, yeah, she Hello? didn't even ask. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she asked on the way back and found out, but wow. Yeah. Ooh, awkward. Also, there are two more cogs named Elijah and Logan. Oh, I like Just that. Just wanted to point it out. All right. I like Octavia in the scene. Now that she has her regular Octaver, o- Octaver, there's sort of a third voice in the room saying, hey, yeah, we shouldn't kill innocent people. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like that doesn't need to be said, but the fact that it does is just so the hundred. But it also like, and I understand she's gone through a like transformation, but I'm also like when she talks, I'm like, you know, the bitter part of me from like when she was, when oh, you're like, had her in season five, I'm like, yeah. you're speaking right now. When this, co- this is coming from you. When Bellamy called her queen of the cannibals, I almost yeah. lost my damn mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, she kind of deserved that. Like when, when Octavia called Abby the cannibal doctor, I was like, okay, maybe you have a point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm all for people just kind of calling them on their crap. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Clark, Jade, and Murphy arrive back in Sanctum. Clark as Josie tells Russell that Gabriel took her drive out. Russell allows Murphy and Amori to live. Russell tells Clark that they can make Nightblood and re- leads her to Maddie. Clark lies and tells Maddie that Clark is really dead. Maddie freaks out and Clark sedates her. She needs a new drive. Yes. So these scenes hurt my feelings. This is pro- this is my favorite part of the episode for sure. So to be clear, what she's saying is I'm no longer immortal. I need a blank drive. So sauce me one of the Lees. Yep. So that we can download me again so that I can be immortal again. Correct? So there is one spare drive left, right? Kane took one into space. Yep. Murphy and Amori have two. So there yes. is a spare that she can use. Right. And like, why aren't they... Now that Jasmine Miranda and unnamed husband of Miranda and father of Jasmine, now that they're all gone, like, there's no one stopping them from erasing them. Yep. So, like, it's, like, are they important? Brittany seems to think so. I, my whole thing is, like, if they're going to turn Abby into Simone, I wonder if Clark is Josie will insist on having Abby backed up onto a drive as well. Mm. I think that's a possibility. Right. How is she going to make that make sense for Josie wanting that? Because she's a doctor and she knows so much about Nightblood? Possibly, yeah. Maybe? Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Thank you for solving my the one problem I had there. You're welcome. Shout out. So, so. Clark pretending to be fine with Maddie being tortured? She really has to do some feelings. acting. Dude, that moment <laughs> I was just like... I literally, like, sat there being like, don't mess it up, don't mess it up, don't mess it up. And then when she didn't, I was just like, honestly, Clark, like... I'm so proud of you. Good for you. Yeah. I know, it, like, was so hard seeing Maddie like that, but also I'm just like, Maddie, I don't really like you right now. And not for any fault of your own, because I I like seeing real Maddie. Like, we're gonna talk about this soon, but I like seeing real Maddie inside her mind, Mm -hmm. inside her mind palace or whatever. Like, I like seeing that. Yeah. 
But like the Maddie that I see right now outside, shade I'm just like yeah. shade head. Basically, I don't like you, so I'm like whatever. It just the interesting thing is that when and this and this is what I'm wondering. So Clark says to Maddie that Clark is really dead. Yeah, and Maddie freaks out mm-hmm. and starts screaming and using the word we. So mm-hmm. I have two things here: is using the word we, which must freak Clark out because she has no idea what's going on. She hasn't witnessed any of this Shade Hedda stuff. I know. I don't think that she's using the we uh, as in Shade Hedda in that one. I think she's talking about, like, us of No, I think she means Shade Hedda. Oh, okay. Everyone, tell us which one you think. Yeah. I mean, even if she does, that's how Clark takes it. Yeah. And second of all, I had a really good thought. It's gone. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Bring it back. (laughs) Take it back now, (laughs) y'all. One hop this time. (laughs) I don't know. My thought is gone. I'm so sorry. I'm I'll, sorry, too. I, I'll think of it. Okay. We sacrificed it for a joke. Okay. Sad. Sad. And, like, the entire time, I feel like I was sitting there watching it last night with, like, my face, like, this far away from the from the screen just being like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but this is an audio podcast. I, know, I feel like people could understand <laughs> what I was doing, I well, guess. Wait. She's leaning, for the record, she's leaning away, away. not towards. Like, this far away yeah. from the screen. Like, this far away from the screen. Far, far, far away. And I was just like, officer, the stakes are too high. I am really stressed. The stakes are too high, Jim. I'm imagining the officer is Jim Hopper. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just wanted to check because I automatically went to the office. Uh, The joke's too funny. I'm calling the police. Tell him where he can stick his grapes, Jim. In the fridge. No. (laughs) I am tired and really hot right now. What the fuck was my other thought? It was really important. What were you even saying? It has something to do with Maddie. Yeah. What what were you, what was the first point again? That, um, Clark, the, the we line. Yeah. Oh, oh, I remember what it is. Yay. Oh, yeah. Why do you think Shadehead is allowing Maddie's righteous anger because that sort of fuels the Sith Lord in him? Yeah, it like, it tracks with what he wants Maddie to be. Yeah. He wants Maddie to be filled with rage. Yeah. And so he's like, great, I didn't even have to do anything. Because- to me, I'm like, Shade Hedda wouldn't be upset about Clark, unless no. Shade Hedda thought he could control Clark, maybe? Oh, I thought you were going to make this about Lexa. I mean, Shade Hedda was there. I was, <laughs> was going to be like, um, I mean, I could make it about Lexa if you want me Shade to. Shade Hedda was there when, when Lexa had a relationship with Clark. So the fact that there are, there are two different commanders now who have had a really important relationship with Clark. Yeah. And Clark, I think Clark was in there, too, for a bit. Yeah, but I mean, she didn't have any interaction with Shade Hedda. That we know That we know of. of. Yeah, I mean, it could be... Mm, we'll have to see in the next episode. Yeah. All right. Before we move on to the next uh, segment, Robin, can you tell me what Patreon is? I would love to tell you what Patreon is. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate monthly to some of your favorite creators. Uh, it's a super, super easy to service to use. Uh, and the lowest one that we offer, because we have a Patreon, um, is $1 a month. That's right. Only $1 a month. Wow. Gosh, that's only $12 a year. That is Whoa. not anything at all. That is a meal from McDonald's for a not year. Not that you would know that. $12 even, that's kind of, ex- like, it's more than a meal Fine, from McDonald's. Fine, it's a meal from Dairy Queen. Is Dairy Queen Canadian? No. Okay, I feel like I never see a Dairy Queen when I go to America. It's not Canadian. Okay. Anyway, it's a meal from Dairy Queen. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a meal from Dairy Queen a year. Just hand it over to us. Freaking so helpful. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you can do $5 and then 5 times 12 is $60, right? I don't know. I'm gay. I can't do math. Yeah, $60. Whoa. So $60 a year to help us out? 
That'd hey, be so heckin' nice. But, like, what if that's too offensive? You know what? You're right. Yeah. And if you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Oh, okay. I can do that. We're a nice, positive podcast that brings people joy. Well, some people. One of us is positive. It's not me. We, we have been decidedly positive. Up until the last two episodes when I decided to throw a temper tantrum. We are positive I'm, about most most things. I'm trying I'm trying to be a better person, guys. Please don't tell your friends about her. Yeah, you know what? Your positive podcast. That's just good life advice. Yeah. Just don't tell your friends about me at all. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you are a patron, you get early access to all of our podcasts at least one day. So if you're interested in getting the last two podcasts of this season on Saturday instead of Sunday, then that's a really good way to do it. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. Cool. Hey, thanks for all that information. Really appreciate it. All right, Sanctum. Jackson makes Nightblood from Maddie. Maddie fakes him out and tries to kill him, but she fails. She wouldn't let Shadeheda cut Jackson's throat. She hangs out with Shadeheda and plays chess. Shadeheda wants Maddie to rule Sanctum and avenge Clark. So, you know, normal kid stuff. She took advantage of Jackson being a nice guy. Why is it Jackson all of a sudden? Was Paige busy? I don't know. Oh, right. I've been ready for taking naps. I don't know yeah, what I was thinking. Sorry. I already came up with the solution to this. I am... Just so glad that Jackson didn't die. Yeah. I would be so mad. I'd be like, okay, Maddie, can't be your friend anymore. Yeah, I think that's like the most irredeemable thing yeah. you can do is kill Jackson. Yeah. Everyone's like, you can't get rid of such an easy angel. I feel like I never really knew what like the Reaper sticks and like these things were. But this episode, it was like the most clear that they're just practice EpiPens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're just EpiPens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 You're right. Not real EpiPens, practice EpiPens. Oh, I see. Okay. Which I'm, like, weirdly familiar with because I've been doing, like, I've been teaching children first aid without knowing any first aid myself. Hey, that seems safe. Then I took a first aid course and I have yet to teach those children what I learned yet. Probably because they should learn it from someone who actually takes, does the first aid. To be honest, that class just hasn't been on since. But the next time it's on, I will probably be doing it. That's fair. So interesting that we get sort of confirmation that even when Shadehead is doing something, Maddie does have a measure of control over it. Not a lot. So why is she letting him teach her these things? I don't, I think it's part that she is very determined to avenge Clark. Yeah. And that's driving a lot of her actions, but that she doesn't also condone everything that Shadehead is doing. Mm -hmm. And so she will control what she can. One thing that I thought was really weird about this was that she's like, what do you want? And he's like, I want you to rule the world. I want you to, I want you to, like, be the greatest leader. I want you to be the very best like no one ever was. Mm -hmm. But my big question of this is, why does Shade Hedda want these things for Maddie? What yeah. does he gain from her doing this? Shade Hedda, I have bad news. You are dead. Yeah. <laughs> I think, so what does this give you? I think Shade Hedda just loves power. And if Maddie has power, then Shade Hedda has power. Like, also, Shade Hedda, weird news, but, like, all the people who, like, know who you are, there's, like, four of you now. So, like, yeah. even if everyone's like, wow, Maddie's the greatest leader slash, like, the most powerful leader in the whole land. I heard it was Shade Hedda. Who? Yeah. You know, no one cares about Shade Hedda anymore. No. So, like, what does he stand to gain for this? Just, like, satisfaction in I think he controlling likes, her? I think he likes power and chaos. You know, as anyone... I mean, think about Josie. Josie also loved power and chaos. Oh, Jose Hedda. <sighs> I'm done with you. Josie. 
Stop! I hate you! So he wants her to rule Sanctum and kill everyone. Same. And I'm like, you know what? This kid is never gonna have a normal childhood, is she? She just wants to go to school! Putting the flame in her neck was the biggest mistake Bellamy ever made. I'm sad, because I thought it was great! And now it's not great. Yeah, I originally loved it. I mean, this is better than it has been, but it's the flame just keeps dragging, and I'm like... I loved this plotline when it was first introduced. I've loved it for a while, and now I'm tired of it. Oops. I think because they keep doing like, oh, Shade Hedda this, Shade Hedda that, and I'm like, I want more information on Shade Hedda. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like, they're like giving me tiny tidbits, and I'm just like, tell me who his flamekeeper is, though. And of course, this is, you know, a symptom of my own impatience. If we were binging this, we would know immediately, yeah. right? Because we yes. just sit it through all in one go. Yeah. So a lot of that's on me. Mm-hmm. Say a lot of things are on you. I think that's completely fair. I would blame me for a lot of things. Including often your cat. Just I w- on top of you. I woke up in the middle of the night last night and I couldn't breathe because his fat ass was sleeping on my chest mm. and it hurt. Well, a few nights ago, he like showed up in my bed at like 4 a.m. and was just like, hi. And I was like, hi, do you want to cuddle? And he was like, no. And then he left. Yeah, because he wanted food. He was trying to get you to feed him. I know. And I was like, it's 4 a.m. I have to wake up at 6.30. I'm not interested in talking to you right It was now. time for his 4 a.m. feeding. Like clockwork he wakes me he jumps in front of my face at 4 a.m pulls me out of a deep sleep and says mom time for food and sometimes in order to wake me up he'll just sit on me hence why i woke up and couldn't breathe my cat is a demon all right next scene i love this scene by the way murphy mocks miller's escape plan because he's rude like that he comforts Gaia's fears over Maddie because he's also nice like that. No one knows where Echo is. Jade comes to pick up Murphy. Miller is in an episode? And with lines? And it's so good. He this has is, lines. It's season two Miller. Yeah. Miller, I feel like after that, like... Bless <laughs> you. Thanks. After that, like, real quick chat with Gaia, he's like, okay. And then it's like... Because, like, he's just kind of been in a stupor thinking about all the garbage things he did. And now, like, this episode, he's like, okay. I'm back. You know? Especially because he knows Gaia has also done bad things. And so when they, like, come together about that, and he's like, okay. And then he's, like, able to be the season two Miller that we missed. But the thing that I find really interesting... And season three Miller! Exactly! And the thing that I really like about this is that even before he has that talk with Gaia, they're just sort of all existing quite harmoniously. And the thing that I found interesting was Murphy comforting Gaia, Mm. which is what? Yeah. Murph? I have thoughts. I have thoughts on Miller and Gaia's relationship later. Yeah. But yeah. Murphy, but Murphy doesn't have a relationship with Gaia. No. So it's interesting. So there's no reason for him to be nice to her, but he is. I think because when Murphy recognizes real pain, he knows that maybe this isn't someone I can mock. This isn't mm-hmm. someone I can make fun of. Because it'd be like kicking a puppy. Yeah. You nice, know? Nice guy Smurf. I mean, later in the next scene or whatever, he goes, that's just mean. Yeah. He's like, I'm I'm never mean. I'm just playfully rude. I'm just kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Miller was a thief. That's important to remember. And he shows it this episode, which is so awesome. He sure does. Um, Do you think Murphy saying Book of Spells to Gaia was a chaos joke? Oh. <gasps> Yes, yes, I do, now that you've brought that up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope it is. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's cute. Also, mm-hmm. okay, so Jade comes in, and she's like, Murphy. And I feel like you can see Murphy just going, ugh. What? Here we go. What I do? <laughs> like, oh, what am I being charged with this time? Probably death. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, yeah, I was actually kind of death. Yeah. All right. Speaking of, Russell charges Echo with death for trying to kill a prime. He offers her a chance for mercy, like Jordan earned his, because Jordan is alive, I guess. He's like, not only did you try and kill a prime, 
the prom was me. Yeah, he's like, um, that and that's what? okay. That was upset. That was kind of mean. Echo won't flip on the other collaborators. Jade hauls Murphy in. Russell plans to turn Echo into Simone. Oh boy. Murphy spills Jade's plans to Echo in Trig. Echo and Murphy is the team up I never knew I needed. Russell tells Murphy if he finds Josie, he can still have the mind drives for he and Amori. If Murphy fails, Russell will kill Amori. So I want to make sure I have this correctly. Why did Murphy, were they on the way to the shop to get Becca's book? Or rephrase the question? Okay, this is what I was confusing is Murphy speaking Trig. Mm -hmm. He tells Echo the plan. Mm -hmm. Was the plan that Jade and Murphy were on their way to the shop to get Becca's book? Or did he know that Echo was on the way to the shop to get Becca's book? When? When he speaks Trig to her and tells her that they're no, on the way. No, when was Echo on her way to get to get Becca's book? Well, Echo, they take Echo to the shop. Yeah, but she's not going to get Echo's book. She's going to be operated on. But I, I just assumed that, I mean, he says something about Becca's book. Yeah, I can't say that I paid that much attention. So we might have to go and look. I thought you would know. No. I basically like was like, let's talk about Jordan, let's talk about Riker, let's talk about Echo, let's talk about Russell. And then it was Murphy stuff. I don't remember. Whoa, he, who even are you? Murphy says, we're going to the machine shop to get Becca's book, stay alive until we get there. Yeah. But no, that's not where he went. Meep, meep. Now act like you hate me. What purpose did any of that serve? Basically Someone- like stall. But yeah, I guess. But they didn't go to the machine shop to get the book. He went on a... Well, he didn't, but Gaia and Miller eventually got there. The machine shop is where Echo was getting, was being held. Let's, let's just re... I want to wipe all of that. Okay. Yeah, gotcha now. Okay, so Murphy didn't spill Jade's plans to Echo. Murphy spilled his own plans to Echo. Yeah. And Trig. So when did Murphy learn Trig? On the on the ring, he got he had time. Why is that the also cutest his thing girlfriend? Ever- his girlfriend speaks trig. But that's like the cutest thing in the whole world. I'm like ugh, everyone, everyone speaks trig it. now. I yeah. love the use of trig still. He, I was- he had six years. He was, I got the time. Not only was Echo or was Amori there to teach him trig, but so was Echo. Yeah, Echo probably was half of the way that he yep. learned it, and so she's like. <laughs> She's like, oh, my prodigy. Now act like you hate me. I hate you, Murphy. <laughs> I know. Echo, I love you, but I hate you. Echo just turns around and she's like, I'll kill you, Murphy. And I'm like, aww, friendship. So Jordan is being cared for. Jordan's alive. Isn't he in the main credits now? Yep. When's the last time we saw him? Not last episode. Not the episode before that. I think he was stabbed at the end of 607. No, 607 was all in Clark's mind. 608 then. Mm-hmm. Last time we saw him was 608, yeah. So, hello? Oops. Well, he's alive. Okay. So we finally have the answer to that question. So that's cool. Echo still saves Riker's butt even though he betrayed her. He doesn't deserve... When she stabs him at the end of this storyline, I was so satisfied because Riker sucked. I was sad. Listen, everyone has a favorite character, but if Riker was your favorite character, I'm probably going to insult him a lot in this episode. Sorry. Why? Because he sucked? I didn't think he sucked. See? Different perspectives. I think at the end of the day- Riker, Riker he's, he's complex. He, Riker, yes. He's Riker done was good a things in the He's done good things in the past- He's not doing great things now, but he's not doing them because he wants to do them. He's doing them because he's being forced to do them. To save his own skin. To save him There's his a own big skin. difference. Exactly. Yeah. But like, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice if you're that kind of person, which historically my favorite characters are. <laughs> okay. All right. Morally ambiguous. Handsome, brooding anti-heroes. Riker is not even an anti-hero. He was never doing anything to help anyone but himself. We learned that he's the one who let Gabriel go, and he was the one who was like, I don't know. Because everyone, and he didn't even go to like her naming ceremony or whatever. Okay, guys, tell us if you think that Riker is a brooding anti-hero. I say, hell no. 
Robin says yes. I say yes just because I like him a lot, and historically all my hero characters are handsome, brooding anti-heroes. Couldn't disagree more. Okay, so would you agree that he's brooding? I would agree that he's brooding. I would agree with that. Okay, so we're half there. So Russell's gonna turn Echo into Simone. Why are you into Echo? Bellamy's like, that's my girlfriend. Like, listen, I get it because Echo's beautiful and smart and funny and like really, really really competent but you're gonna wipe all of the amazing things about her out and stick your wife like i'm just mm, i just choices were made i'm probably wrong echo is in the city of light she was she was in the city of light 100 like canonically she was in the city of light what stops people's brains from getting the chip the neural mesh from the chip so she had the chip so even if they wipe echo she'll still be okay but she wasn't electrocuted no she was just like, it, she got out of the City of Light by them, like, by Clark pulling the lever and destroying yeah. Allie. The, the only two people that are in danger if they are used as primes are Abby and Raiden. But what about the other people who were electrocuted, like, in the water? Still worked for them. H- how do you know? Because they turned Kane into a Nightblood and his, I don't think he stuck into his own neural mesh. Oh, wait, but he died. It's different because he they were grabbing yeah. him, not taking him. I don't him. know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either way, I don't think, and I don't know because the the show has done this before this season, but like y'all have already done this with Clark, so I don't know why they would do it again, but you never know. We'll, we'll see. So Russell's really going to skip the line again, huh? Yup. It is Jasmine's turn, damn it. It's Jasmine's turn. But is anyone there to hold him accountable now? No, I mean, the only person who was mad about it was Priya. There are only three primes left out of 13. Yep. Russell, Priya, and Gabriel. And Priya might have a problem with it, but she's kind of outnumbered just because Russell's the boss, I guess. Also, now she's going to be, like, super mad when she finds out that Riker's dead. She's, like, (gasps) she's going to be so pissed. Yeah, and that will turn her on uh space crew or earth crew i yeah. guess yeah mm. he's gonna be like jordan we can't be friends he's gonna be like wasn't me sarah no delilah and she's like can you get it through your thick skull that delilah is not freaking here yeah i don't mm. she I'm really gone, buddy i wish jordan had, had another poem yeah is is murphy gonna take it again is he gonna take this he takes it doesn't he yeah he full-on takes the deal again yeah after all of that he had to take the deal because again. russell threatened maury's life yeah if he failed, he was going to kill Amori. But he's also saving his own butt. So you're saying that this is more valiant because Amori is also in danger than Riker doing something to save his butt? Yes, because Murphy cares about someone more than himself currently, like textually, is in a relationship, cares about other people. Riker cares about his mom. But we didn't see enough of that. Okay. I think at the end of the day, right, none of Riker's actions were heroic. Not even letting Gabriel go? Just because he did one good thing one time does not mean that it makes up for all of the other stuff that he did afterwards, up to and including helping wipe Clark out. And oh, turning, he was being blackmailed. And turning... He was being blackmailed with something he could have just owned up to his own actions. And been like, yeah, I did do that. I'm going to face the consequences of that. Okay, but that, that's your thing, though. Like, you, But you don't know... Like, he knows Simone is out here being like, you're a traitor, you're getting burned at the stake. I... I don't think he's a brooding anti-hero. I just don't. I wasn't I'm saying sorry. he's a brooding anti-hero in that moment. I was saying that that he's that he's done heroic things and that he's not a bad person. But at the end of the day, he chooses to do things in his own self-interest and he doesn't really care who dies around him. He was he was willing to kill Echo. Maybe I'm a Slytherin, but taking care of yourself over top of other people is not a bad person move, in my opinion. It is if other people die for it. That's a bad thing. I shouldn't have to tell you that people dying is a bad thing. Okay. 
Fine. I cannot say if I was in that position that I would do anything different, though. That's a different conversation. Because we have no concept of, like, what morality is like in that world because we don't live in that world. Yeah. But the idea that other people die so you can save your... Not even so you can save your own skin, so that you can hide a secret that Simone couldn't even tell in the first place because she's been wiped out of a new body. Can I ask you the big morality question that everybody always asks? What? The one about the button. Which one? If you could press a button and you get a million dollars, but then like three people in the world die that you don't know, do you press the button? No. I absolutely press the button. Uh, that's a Hufflepuff versus Slytherin. There you go. Yeah. Right? Riker, Riker, what's good is that Murphy's going to be like, yep, press the button. But Riker goes, uh, and ultimately presses the button, but like is sad about it. And I think that might be what makes me respect him less. Mm. Because he is so wishy-washy that he mm. will flip sides and won't really make a decision. And he kind of plays all the fields. And I'm like, listen, pick, pick a lane and stay in it. You mm. know, Murphy sure. is in his lane 100% of the time. Murphy is in the lane labeled Murphy's only. Yeah. You well, it's like the trolley problem. It's like, do you let, what is it? You let one person you love die or a bunch of people mm -hmm. or whatever? Is the Buy a bunch of people I don't know. Yeah. See you later. And in that instance... I'm with you on that. It depends yeah. on the moral problem. Yeah. Any, anyway. So Riker turns Echo into a Nightblood. Well, he injects her with the, the Nightblood serum. I was so annoyed by this because I was like, why? Okay, so everyone's like, Riker, you have to do it. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. And they're like, too bad it's got to be you. It's just an injection? Yeah. It's literally just a shot. Why does it have to be Riker? Is it a test? I, well. To see if he'd do it? I think probably, yeah. But also, synth synthesizing it out of bone marrow, didn't they still need to suspend it in zero G? I guess not. I'm just, they have really changed the science of Nightblood, but I'm not going to pick it apart because I'm not a scientist, nor do I claim to be one. Yeah. But I am alone. But I am alone. I'm not an electrician, nor do I claim to be, but I am alone. <laughs> Too many people know the truth about the primes now, and Riker can't hide. He's a chicken and is going to anyway to save his people, in his mind. So... Turns out they told more than Ty and Blythean and Cookie Man. That is a fantastic collection of people. Ty, Blythean, and Cookie Man. Yeah. Nice. Like, I thought it was just going to be those three, but it turns out that they, like, brought them in in groups. I guess so. And <laughs> that sucks. Like, if I was Riker, I'd be like, just bring them in all at one time so I can just say it so I don't have to, like, watch people's faces that I do it ten times. But this is the interesting thing is Echo is telling him all true things, mm -hmm. which is the secret is out. He doesn't have a choice anymore, yeah. but he still consciously chooses to screw Echo over, mm -hmm. which again, I don't respect him. Okay. Because at some point he's going to have to face the consequences of his actions and he can either do that without Echo's life on his hands or with it. And he still chose with it? I don't know. I respect the heck out of somebody in denial. I've been in denial. <laughs> sentence i respect the heck out of someone in denial all right you know what put it that way fair <laughs> i get it fair i do have to say that one of the things that bothered me the most about the scene was the lighting i don't think that the director so like no shade to bob and it could have been like even like a conscious choice but usually like the um director of photography will light scenes but this was very very what's the word like it makes echo look like she doesn't look good Unattra not unattractive but haunted she looks haunted yeah but i mean it's like sallow no uh, not the way she looks but it, the way it makes her look like not unattractive but like unflattering okay the lighting was deeply unflattering and maybe it's to make her look like haunted and sallow and everything but like it wasn't good I liked that because it made her look so vulnerable, but also kind of dangerous. If I was Tazia, I'd be like, 
Oh, what a good. The whole time I was like, she, like, it's because, like, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, my eyes are a little bit hooded, but, like, if you put a light right here, it's like, I look like a skeleton. Yeah. Because if your head, if your eyebrows are a little bit hooded, you're like, there goes my entire face. Yeah. I don't know. Gaia and Miller talk about the past. They both made mistakes under Blood Reina, but they can change. Miller gets the crap beaten out of him by a guard for disobeying orders and secretly lifts a knife with a conductive wire. We stand a thief. He and Gaia escape. What This scene is probably the second best scene in the whole episode. I've talked multiple times about how much I love Space Crew and I love thinking about the six years they spent, you know, like you think, like I think a couple episodes I said like Harper and Echo, you never think about them talking, but then it turns out like they literally spent six years together. Exactly. And like the same goes for Bunker Crew. Were they doing worse things? 100%. Yeah. Were they totally becoming a little bit brainwashed? Fully. Oh, yeah. But, like, Gaia and Miller spent six years being at, like, the top of the top of Octavia's thing. Yeah, they were, like, her her foot soldiers. So, like, they knew each other. So, yeah, it's also, like, you forget about those relationships that happened over the time jump, and I think that's great. I, I also really like the line that Miller sort of, or that Gaia gives Miller, which is, mistakes are forgivable, not learning from them isn't. Because I think that is, like, the crux of the human condition. You can screw up, but you gotta fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, like, our society doesn't really understand that right now. And I understand that why we're at such an extreme pull, which is we're fixing it for the first time in a while. Especially for, like, everyone who is a minority. So things are going to be extreme for a while. And they should be. May I talk about Lost? Please. Okay. So in the, uh, close to the end of season two, which is where we are, it's an episode that I'm actually editing for the Lost Pod right now as we record. So congratulations, you're getting an insight into the next Lost Podcast before it comes out. But, um, there's this character in season two who comes in named Anna Lucia. And we learn that at the beginning of um, when they first got onto the island, there was this character named Nathan who she suspected was not actually on the plane and was actually like an, an evil person who had already been on the island, which is what they called the others. Mm-hmm. And so she dug a pit and she threw him in it and it turned out that he wasn't actually the guy. You know, it turned out it was somebody else and that and Nathan died because of it. And so in the end of season two, she's talking to this new character who everybody suspects is an other and she's trying to figure out whether or not he is an other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she goes in there and he's like, you're not going to believe me. Nobody believes me. I'm trying to prove that I'm innocent, but nobody's believing me and I don't know what to do. Like everyone's just using me as a scapegoat and this is just my life right now. Yeah. And Anna Lucia says to him, she says, when I first got to this island, there was a man named Nathan and I suspected him as being an other and I'm the reason why he's dead right now. And she says, lucky for you, I don't make the same mistake twice. So if you try and give me some proof, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to look as thoroughly as possible and I'm going to figure it out to figure out and to get you some proof so that either we can prove or disprove your theory. But I promise that I am not going to let everybody just call you something bad if you are not that person. Exactly. I'm going to figure it out. Exactly. And that's what this reminds me of. I completely agree, actually. Yeah. I really like that. It's just like, I will give you the second shot, you know? And she was with him, so she knows everything that they did. And she, that's the thing I really liked about Gaia is, Gaia has a confidence where she knows that maybe she did the wrong thing, but she doesn't waste time feeling bad for herself or second-guessing it. She just knows I need to atone for my actions and I'm going to do that through future actions. Mm -hmm. 
which I think is cool. That's a, I mean, if I can bring in another one of our podcasts, we've talked all about that on our season one podcast for Stranger Things. Yeah. Especially with the character of Steve. He's not very good in season one. He's not a great person. As soon as he ditches his terrible friends, then in season two, he's able to flourish and become a good person. Exactly. He learned from his terrible mistakes and he is doing something about it. Exactly. That's the best characters. And so if Miller starts doing that, heck yeah. And I think Miller will. I mean, he did. He immediately was like, hey, I know exactly what to do mm-hmm. and got the crapping out of him. And then I love that little twist where, first of all, he had the knife. And then second of all, mm, but he just needed the wire on the knife. He just needed to use it to pick the lock. That's all. I had a visceral flashback to season two when yeah. he did that. I was 100%. like, oh, there's Miller. Mm-hmm. I love that moment. Echo is a nightblood now. She points out to Riker that he's going to have to kill her and make Simone make her Simone in order to prove himself to Russell. Echo wants him to let her go, so she tells him the story of her past to make him sympathize with her. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the story of Echo's past? Uh, can we talk a little bit about what happens right before that, actually? Sure. Just now that I have this in my brain. So I wrote down the the quote that Riker says is that you're a killer, I'm an engineer. And so what Riker's trying to do right now is, like, he knows that he's going to be forced to kill this person Mm -hmm. and he's gotten a little bit close to her in the past few days and so what he's trying to do for himself is like convince himself that she's a bad person who deserves to die yep when she isn't no she's not but that's what he has to do to make himself feel better and that's such a classic sort of human thing to do which is to depersonalize someone in order to make the things you do to them justifiable yeah and he says he'll do it but i believe i truly believe he's bluffing yeah 100 bluffing he's not into doing that like he's he's like i'm not a killer like people have died for me for me to have this body but mm-hmm. i didn't actively do that like i just showed up and i was like whoops happened again yeah, he's cool with letting other people do his dirty work yeah exactly so he and even like after she tells her story, he like tries to do it. Like I genuinely think it's gonna be it was going to be if they hadn't come in. It was gonna be one of those moments where it was gonna be like almost, 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 almost and then it's gonna be like, oh, I can't you know? You think? Yeah. Interesting. We'll talk about that when we get there. Okay. Okay, we're gonna go to the flashback now. I love a flashback. I'm I, so happy yeah. Bob got to direct the flashback. Robin, it's so exciting. Robin's like kryptonite is flashback. I love flashbacks. All right. Young Echo learns archery. Queen Naya arrives to challenge Echo. She must kill a member of Sangeta crew to prove her loyalty before she goes to Sangeta crew on Naya's behalf. She takes a bow from her friend Ash. Echo knocks the bow but misses the shot. Naya shoots him instead. As punishment, Echo must kill Ash. Ash doesn't want to fight, but Echo corners her and Ash stabs her with an arrow. Ash is given the name Echo and sent to Sangeta crew. So, oh my god, this Echo backstory. Can I tell you something? Kind of makes me sad. Yes. So, if I can talk about Lost again, if you don't mind. Oh, here we go. There's a character on Lost who we see as a child mm-hmm. who is, it turns out, so there are these guys who come in and they take this kid and they're like, shoot this guy. Okay. Okay. And we're like, oh my gosh, that must be the guy. Okay. And then it, and then what happens is the kid can't do it. So their older brother, his older brother comes in and shoots the guy instead. And it turns out the older brother is the one who is the character that we know. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what that character's name is, Brittany? It's Mr. Echo. Mr. what? Mr. Echo! Mr. Echo? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. What? It just feels very, it's very similar. It's very that. Yeah. It's very that. I feel like I definitely knew that without even... Having known that, like, Echo's real name is Ash, and, like, I had heard that already. Mm-hmm. I had kind of been spoiled on that. But, like, not in, like, a way that I was like, oh, no! Yeah. 
But, like, the girl just looks more like Tazia, so I was like, that one's Tazia. Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The girl who played Young Echo, like, the real Young Echo, um, she was on Riverdale for an episode. What? Who? I was like, she looks familiar, and I looked. Okay, do you remember? Oh, God. <laughs> In season three of Riverdale, on the episode where Archie and Jughead went to the farm. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> and, and Jughead started going around that, like, abandoned- Yes. The abandoned- town where there were no men because they had all been like sent off somewhere and it was only like girls and women there yep and they were all playing g&g and they were like in the back of a pickup truck and there was like a bunch of little girls she She was was one of those girls oh my god yeah i can't believe you recognized her i i was like i know that person i think maybe and then i went on imdb and found it that's great good memory thanks so after spending six years up on the arc, feeling safe for the first time in her life, feeling like she had a family for the first time in her life, being in a relationship with someone, feeling safe in that relationship for the first time in her life. Mm -hmm. Why hadn't she told anybody this? Why is she telling Riker now? I think because it's her biggest fear was, or her biggest shame was that she did this. She, she killed a little girl. Like, I, I think it's one of those things where you must be like this level of intimacy to unlock my, unlock my tragic backstory. And she gives it to Riker because it fit the situation and Echo is a spy. Mm -hmm. I think maybe, maybe Bellamy might know that, but she specifically said she had never told anybody. Maybe she just said that. She could have just said that, but even then, I think, I think in time, that's, that's one of those really traumatic things that I think you only tell someone in time. And maybe she just wasn't ready to tell Bellamy that, mm-hmm. you know, because they were happy up there. I was just like, if she was stalling, she has like the story she told Bellamy earlier, like any sad thing that's happened in her life that we've even seen. I was in a cage in Mount Weather. She could have told him any of those things. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like not conducive to the story or whatever. Yeah. But like, still, like there was more. I don't know. I'm just I'm a little hung up on. I've never told anybody this in my entire life. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out later that she told Bellamy that. Maybe. So they got Brenda Strong back? I guess so. Oh my god. I was so... They, like, Queen Nia showed up and I'm like, shut up. That's not actually her. Because what a wasted role that was. I wanted her to be mm-hmm. one of the big bads of season three. And then they just immediately killed her. And yeah. I was like, what? Come on. They were like, we'd rather have Roan. And I was like, I love Roan, but hey. Yeah, exactly. Like, I... I wanted the whole backstory of Echo and Queen Naya, and now we finally have it. Yeah, it was like, we're gonna kill Lexa or Roan, and I was like, no, and no. And they were like, how about Naya? And I was like, I guess. guess. (laughs) Okay. But I mean, I probably would have taken Roan, looking back, considering he didn't actually play that big a role in the show. Mm. And he kind of lived way longer than a lot of characters, and I was kind of confused by that. Yeah, I'd keep Roan. All right. Um, but yeah, I was really glad we saw Queen Nye again. So I think we already talked about this a little bit, but my other note was what does Echo being a Nightblood change for Gaia? And I think, so I think we talked about yeah. that already. Echo told Riker to spare him the pain of becoming her. He'll be in pain either way, so he decides to wipe her. A knock on the door by the guard stops him, but surprise, it's not the guards, it's Gaia and Miller. Gaia is shook at Echo being in Nightblood. Echo gets up and immediately kills Riker. So really polite of Gaia and Miller to knock? I'm gonna miss Riker. I'm sorry. He was number one on my on my primes list. Yeah, it's true. He was. Now I guess it's Russell. No, Gabriel. Oh yeah, Gabriel's pretty good. Gabriel Priya Russell. Sorry, Russell. You've yeah, been, fair enough. You've been demoted. Okay, that's fair. I understand. It was it <laughs> was Riker Gabriel Priya Russell, and now you guys. Doesn't it suck when your favorite character dies? I can't watch this show anymore. <laughs> oh my god. Uh- <laughs> Are you mocking me now? Riker was the only reason for me to watch this show. Oh, wow. That sucks. Um, the satisfaction that I felt when she got up and immediately killed him. 
I, I love Stone Cold Echo. I love her. I love everything about Echo. People who hate Echo, I don't understand. I don't. Me neither. I like Echo. I am sad about Ray. I still can't get over the fact that Guy and Miller knocked. Yeah. I was like, the manners that that <laughs> shows. Like, I wonder if they were just checking to see if was anyone it, was, was in it there. Was it locked? Oh my god, maybe. They were like, literally. He literally just picked a giant lock and he's just like, this time we have to knock. <laughs> no, they, listen, they were strategizing outside. And Miller's like, should we knock? And Guy is like, huh? should we knock? Let's, let's just, let's knock to see if anyone's in there. And then if they're in there, we'll, we'll just take them out. And they're like, okay, okay. And they knocked and things went to plan. But I loved Gaia's face when she walked in and she saw Echo tied up and she was like, that is not what I was expecting to see in here. And then she saw she was a nightblood and that was the second one. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got for you. Now it's time for segments. My first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch or our favorite line award. Mine goes to Murphy for... So, who do I get to be? He wants to play too. Yeah. He's like, can I be the new Riker now that you've killed him? He's such a fool. Mine also goes to Murphy for... I doubt you've ever done anything that didn't redound to your own benefit. Come on, that's just mean. In the same scene. Yeah. He, Iconic. He was just really on his on his game there, you know? Yeah. And my segment is... I mean, it changes a lot. I guess this week... Would it be the most badass MILF? Sure. It's, it's Clark. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in the same vein, the most valuable protagonist award this week's MVP is Clark. Nice. Mm-hmm. Would you... Would you follow it up maybe with um, a guy and a Miller? Yeah, sure. I mean, they are all valuable protagonists. That's for sure. So true. Um, yeah. Hmm. Clark does do a lot, though. Yeah. Um, and my second segment was the Marcus Kane beard appreciation, but um, yeah, still dead. Mm. Cool. How many episodes since the last murder? Aww. Womp Oh, there are a couple in this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, guys. That's not for our trailer reaction. I have not seen this. I have, because it's where my Abby Simone theory came from. All right, I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. There is nothing more powerful than the truth. Look at false gods. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's Abby being turned into a nightblood okay, right there. Okay, let's see here. So, Clark changed me, Josie. Other things are going on. Me. Is this about Abby? Is that guy painting it or cleaning it? I think he's cleaning he's it. He's trying to clean it off. Okay. Who wrote it? Oh, no. You know what? Mm. His roller is red. I thought it was like a broom that he was trying to Oh, clean. Th- oh that's possible. Yeah. But I wonder who graffitied that. Yeah. Could the be Cookie a man. Oh. It probably... <laughs> We had two very different thoughts there. I think they are the same. It probably is Cookie Man. Okay, good. Who is shooting to kill? I don't know. It looks like a guard. Yeah. But I wonder who they're shooting at. Could be Bellamy. So the bomb is happening, even though they said they weren't going to do the bomb? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's the hundred. Usually they don't want to do something and then they say, oh, we can't do that. And then they do. Maddie's still pissed. Oh, that's a big bomb. Oh, a lot of people are going to die in that bomb. It looks like they're all gathered for a reason. I don't know. It doesn't look like Abby. You you have, you definitely have more, like... That's Abby. You're like, hey, that's Paige Turco's shoulders. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's like, I don't know. No, that's Abby. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I'd say this with absolute certainty. Okay. Don't worry about it. It's her hair and her shoulders and the top she wears. Okay. And also, you can see her cheekbone. It looks like she's being turned into a nightblood. But Echo got turned into a nightblood in her arm. I don't know. Or maybe she's being knocked out. I don't know what's going on. We'll see. It doesn't look like she's trying very hard to get away. She's struggling. Oh, she's being held, I guess? Yeah. Okay. My guess is that at some point, Russell will appeal to the fact that Kane is dead to try and get Abby to go along with whatever he's doing. You hope they'll bring up Kane, but they probably won't. She's right. It's not even that I want a dude to be brought up. It's just that I want someone to acknowledge that a major character on the show freaking died. Yeah. And um, nothing's happened about it. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm done. 
I know people are sick of me saying things about it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, If you are so inclined, please write us a review on iTunes. We like those, and we also have a survey. Um, It's perpetually open. It's in the description, and we'd love to hear from you. If there are things that you do like about the podcast, if there are things that you don't like about the podcast, let us know. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. We've covered three seasons of that and one season of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And we're trying to decide if we want to do season two. I don't want to. I'm on record as saying I don't want to do that because I didn't enjoy it. I know. We haven't seen season two yet, and I heard it's much better than season one, so... Eh. I don't know. My ship gets together, I heard. I haven't seen it yet, though. You know what? I will I will catch up on Sabrina when Madame Spellman becomes canon. Okay. And until then, I'm not doing anything. Okay. Thank you. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too, obviously. Um, we are currently in the decline of season two, and we have guests over there. Um, it is super fun. I love our Lost podcast. We have so much fun things to say. I know there are a lot of people who have listened to this podcast and because of how highly because of how highly I've talked about Lost, um, have gone and watched Lost and then um, thanked me for it. So <laughs> maybe follow suit, guys. It's on Amazon Prime and Hulu if you're in the United States. Which we are not. Which we are not, but I found out it was on Amazon Prime, which was very exciting for me, even though it doesn't matter because I have them on Blu-ray. <laughs> Idiot. Collector's edition. Yeah, I have the collector's edition of Battlestar, too. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We did all of season one and then reactions to season three, but we'll go back and do in-depth coverage of season at a later date. Yeah. Uh, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, mostly Twitter. I do post on our Instagram stories kind of regularly. Yeah. And I post our favorite line awards as gifts on our Tumblr. So go follow us. We just got, you know how many followers we have on Tumblr? Go ahead and tell me. 80. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's more than I expected. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty cute. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because um, this is expensive. Yeah. Uh, help. Yeah. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And um, I also run at the Unhot the 100 script, but it's been like months since I posted on there because I'm just like a really busy lady who has a busy job. Also, she's lazy. <laughs> Okay. Call me out! <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. The next episode is episode 612. It's called Adjustment Protocol, which, cool. Also, yikes. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings on that, but mostly fear. Yeah, so I know that it's good. we're going to see the protocol, but what is it adjusting for? Mmm. Mm. We shall see. Okay, love you, bye! I love you, bye!